0: Hello and welcome to a Tuesday night edition of the Managing Madrid Podcast. This is your host, Keon Sobani. I am just getting back to my hotel from the game in San Francisco, Oracle Park, Real Madrid versus Club America, and I wanted to fire off some thoughts. Uh, I'll be by myself solo because pretty much most of the Managing Madrid crew are uh, at some un ungodly time zones just around the world, and this was been a bit of a challenge to cover this one so I'm gonna go solo for this one and my flights in a few hours <laughs> I'm gonna get some thoughts off for you guys so you guys have some content in your podcast app some some thoughts from the stadium and being a part of Real Just two previous preseason game this one in the Bay Area and the other one in Las Vegas and then I'm gonna hit the sack. And then basically go in the air, go to the airport in a couple hours. So that's that, and then I'm done. I'm not going to Los Angeles. I'm gonna go and see my kids and spend some time with them. So I just want to share my experience at Oracle Park in Vegas. You guys heard some of the Vegas stuff, and the San Francisco podcast, which was yesterday, was quite frankly one of the best live podcasts we've ever done. I couldn't get over how amazing the people in the crowd were. It was such an awesome, awesome ambiance. A great podcast hosted at Intercontinental San Francisco Hotel. Shout out to the Peña Maradisa San Francisco Bay Area who uh, who souped it up. Shout out to everyone who came out. So many patrons we met for the first time uh, and a couple of patrons that we've met before. And so it was lovely seeing you guys again and also meeting you guys. I'm going to go through and upload that podcast at some point. Uh, a lot of the talking points in that one weren't actually time sensitive. And are going to provide for some super interesting discussion and dialogue uh, in podcast form that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. We went deep on several Real Madrid topics, and I'm excited to share that one with you guys, but I'm not going to post it yet. I'm going to go through it a little bit and post it at some point in the next week or two. In the meantime, here are my thoughts from Oracle Park. Very, very strange. I've never seen a baseball stadium transformed into a football stadium, so that was the first, but I did like the ambiance. There was something special about it that it was hard to describe. I was watching it as all the press were from a very strange angle, kind of on the corner. And so I actually had a big screen in front of me as well as the pitch itself. So I was kind of half watching on the big screen so I could see the telecast version uh, and half watching just uh, the visuals that were right in front of me. And the atmosphere was really good. Both this game and the game in Vegas Both sets of fans I thought were very respectful and did really well to add to the atmosphere of the city and the stadium. So well done to all the fans who made it a safe and memorable atmosphere at both games. Um, One of the interesting things that I found was that I had several of my friends actually attend the Classico in Vegas and they were watching Real Madrid play for the first time. And one of the things they remarked was that seeing certain things in person you don't really truly understand like the greatness of the the technical greatness of of some of the players and one of the things which my friends correctly remarked to me was that like you know you you see Barca pressing Real Madrid, for example in, the, in in Vegas and the discomfort for example that Lucas Vazquez had on the ball the lack of confidence and um, it's not to say, not to not to call him out. I mean, it's preseason, and I don't really like to focus on the negative stuff in preseason. We can talk about some of the things that we're worried about, but that's more of a big picture thing that I don't want to really necessarily focus on preseason in particular. But uh, just a general point, and I agree with it. You can see how technically gifted and confident and composed someone is with the way they deal with pressure. And the, start, the, the sharp contrast with someone like Kamavinga and Vasquez in that game was very evident. And I'm I'm basically talking about Kamavinga in particular because I'm actually writing a column about it. And he was one of the stand-up performers to me against against Barca. And obviously there were other things like, you know, when Modric and Cruz came in the game, the, the ball progression and the tempo, it, it was just more controlled. And it's interesting because you look at Real Madrid's game against Club America and, and, and against Barcelona, Ancelotti basically flipped the starting 11s from that game. Uh, and in both games, Real Madrid, I thought, played better in the second half. So in the classical, Morten Cruz helped with the ball progression immediately and calmed the game down. And in the game against Club Medica, even though those two didn't come off uh, the bench they started, it was the opposite that helped Real Madrid. It was the energy and the dynamism and the youth of the legs that came on in the second half. Ancelotti made six subs, I think, at halftime. The midfield and attack came off, and a fresh, basically, uh, six six fresh players came in off the bench to help with the midfield and the attack. And I thought it was just a different thing that was needed. So in the class the composure of Modric and Cruz was needed and in this game against Club Medica I thought it was the dynamism and the youth and the energy that was needed in the second half. So that was interesting. But again, back to Kamavinga, You can just see his composure and his confidence uh in both of those games. And today something that was really really special and I and I really didn't care too much about today's game to be quite honest I mean I was at least a little bit more interested in what happens in the classical because it's a classical. but this one I was just kind of like you know enjoying it I think everyone was having a lot of fun even despite Real Madrid not winning the second half was pretty fun the crowd got into it but the crowd also got into it in part and I would say maybe mostly because of Kamavinga he he just has a certain aura about him when you see him in person. The crowd just like the ooze and the ahs from his dribbles and touches, and beyond some of the the really nice touches that he had in this game, the the pure ball progression ability, his vertical passes. I mean, you look at the the penalty that Real Madrid had in the in the second half. It starts with a Kamavinga vertical pass to Hazard, who's moving well between the lines, and then ultimately you know goes to Vasquez, Vasquez is fouled, etc. Hazard converts the penalty. That starts with the Kama kind of being a vertical pass. He had, bo- he had passes into the box all second half that were just really, really nice to watch. His ball progression is insanely good. I lost count on how many good things he was doing to get the crowd involved. The crowd really, really enjoyed it. I mean, they, they, they fed off his energy, and I think he fed off it. I think he's going to just be a really, really, really fun player. And he's got, like just again, this aura this aura of, like, not only is he good, but he's also able to feed the crowd energy. I just thought that was really impressive. Um, seeing him in person is, is, is really special. And uh, I just wanted to highlight him in particular. So to, from today's game, you know, him and Ceballos and even Chiu many of these guys all had great energy in the second half. And Ancelotti was asked about it after the game, and he pretty much just emphasized it. Um, I'll just go through my notes really quick without like kind of over elaborating or getting too nerdy about this game because I don't I don't think it needs, we need to do that for a game like this. The the first one I think we're going to take really seriously and do a more detailed podcast and more detailed analysis is the Frankfurt game in August, but I'll get to that in a second. So, firing off some quick notes for you guys before I go to bed. Uh, the Benzema goal was an absolute classic vintage Benzema goal. The way he effortlessly can place a shot from that far out of the box is incredible. He's done that before so many times. And the cool thing about it is that it's a one-time shot. So the the one-two, you know, that, that's a classic Benzema thing where a little pass interior, give and go, one-two, first touch, Asensio lays it off to him. And he can slingshot that far post curler outside the box with one touch it's super special uh, it's an, it was an incredible goal vintage Benzema just great stuff to see him do that uh, already in his first game back and uh, so that was it I'll, I'm just running through the goals basically first though the 0-1 the, the Henry Martin goal I have to watch it again to be quite honest but it, Henry Martin the ball falls to him and he's not tightly marked by Rudiger Martin gets goal side of him and he, he finishes it past Lunen uh, and then there's the 2-1 basically I already kind of talked about Hazard moves between the lines well receives the pass from Kamavinga, finds Vasquez Vasquez, it's foul, Hazard finishes it the 2-2 two two, it was Vinicius Tobias who came in uh, and Ancelotti said after the game that he wanted to play Tobias because he actually really likes him and obviously, we're not going to judge <laughs> Tobias on a game like this. I mean, it's, it's basically his first thing. He commits a foul in the box. I've seen many people say it was a dive. Again, I'm, I'm coming straight from the stadium. I didn't really see many replays. Uh, I may take the word for it, or I may just wait and watch it tomorrow again or later tonight and come up to my own conclusion. But whatever it was, he commits the foul. Lunen saves it. Initially, but then the replay shows that Lunin was insanely off his line. Like, it wasn't even close. So, Fidalgo scores it the second time. Um, Yeah, I mean, just I'll go over some things that I thought. Like, it was clear Casemiro and Vasquez, those two to me, were really rusty. Um, The touches were off. They're taking defensive gambles. They're lunging into challenges, getting burned on... Uh, on the defensive end. I thought those two kind of stood out as like maybe negatives. Again, I don't like to really go over and go over negative stuff in the preseason because it's preseason. Um Benzema, apart from his goal, he also had this insane low drop-esque dribble where he just shimmies the ball through traffic and it's a low block and there's so many defenders and he somehow finds space to to fire a shot off. The Benzema experience of late has been incredible because it's like he's not crazy eventful, but he's just momentous. And he comes up with these big moments, and it's it's a testament to his individual brilliance and also his football IQ and his experience at this point. Uh, Ferland Mendy, not much to take away here, but he went toe-to-toe with the winger. You know, 50-50 challenges. I think he lost maybe a couple of them, but um, he also had... Good press resistancy, something that I thought he improved on last season. And uh, Ancelotti confirmed after the game that Mendy is the de facto left back. This was a lot of confusion in the last like week or so. Because it started with multiple reports in Spain and in managing meters as well that uh, Ancelotti may see Alaba as the left back. And then we had that whole Rudiger left back thing against Barca, which uh, if you were at the Vegas podcast, you only heard us talk about it. And also we posted that segment, I think, on the podcast itself. Uh, so there was that, and then Ancelotti clarified why he did that in that post game, which we talked about. And then in this game, Rüdiger goes back to a left center back role, Mendy left back, and uh, and that was it. And Ancelotti said that Mendy is going to be the left back, so I don't think we'll see the Rüdiger left back experiment again, uh, unless it's like situational and desperate. So that was also clarified. Vinicius, I thought it was a little rusty. Um, Kind of hard to watch, some forced dribbles and stuff. But again, I, I don't care. It's preseason. Who cares? Um He did have some go- good moments as well. Lunin, decent distribution with the ball at his feet. That was nice to see. Uh That was also a theme to end the season last season. Mortich, a little rusty. Uh Did have a couple nice passes and interceptions. Asensio, poor. But... um yeah it he just seems like he's a little bit too leg heavy right now and a little bit laborious and uh we'll see what what comes of him in the next few weeks or so. My hunch is that he'll stay by the way, but but we'll see um what else did I have? Sabios's energy was just immediate like frenetic high pressing high energy. I mentioned this in the classical post game as well. He just started to win the ball high at the pitch like four times against Barca. And his energy was just contagious. And I like to see that from him. I think, you know, Lucas and I had a whole segment on the Patreon podcast last mailbag, which we also uploaded on YouTube for free if you want to go listen to it. But we kind of discussed if he ends up staying, how it will be important. And I I think if Fede takes more minutes on the right wing next season, even more so than he did uh, last season... Then we may actually see the depth chart go down to Ceballos. We'll see how it plays out, but he's decent, pretty decent insurance. I mean, to be quite honest, I think he's a little bit too good for being that far down the depth chart. But I'm just not sure if he ends up leaving or staying. So it'll be interesting to monitor monitor that. many strong game. Uh, one of the things I like about many is that he's so good positionally on defense, where he'll just pop up in the opponent's blind spot and thief possession. And uh, and he's so good at that. And it's kind of like him and Kamavinga both have similar traits in that they're great ball winners. They're great at reading passing lanes, and their slide tackles on unsuspecting players uh, are about as elite as it gets. So I'm looking forward to seeing how those two mesh together. Uh, what else do I got? I, I don't think I got too much. Um, Ancelotti said after the game that Carvajal is fine. He'll probably play against Juventus. He'll definitely play Super Cup. And that's the game where he said that he's going to play as Gala 11, and he kind of alluded to the fact that he's probably going to ride the team that won the Champions League final because he feels that the Super Cup is an extension of last season. And so that may not... I mean, it's not to say that he wouldn't play Chiumeni and Rudiger in that game, but from a starting perspective, starting lineup perspective, I think he'll go with the Champions League final Against Liverpool in Paris, as is uh, as his preferred eleven for that game. Yeah, um, I'm going to wrap it here because I'm just tired. I'm amazed I even got through this podcast. I almost didn't do it, but I I love you guys and I wanted you guys to have something in your podcast app. And uh, I think once I go back home, I'll uh, recalculate, catch up on sleep because I haven't slept in about seventy two hours now. This trip has been wild, and. Uh, once I go back I'll I'll recalibrate and uh plan out some patron only content. Uh get in touch with Matt and Lucas or Matt yeah, Matt and Lucas for tap us and mailbag. And also just uh probably put out some some really great conversations we had at the San Francisco podcast. Thanks for coming out, guys. It was awesome seeing you in San Fran. And uh keep it locked on management. We also have a lot of good written coverage on the site right now on managingmadrid.com all post game stuff for the club medica game which I think you'll enjoy and also the post game quotes from carlo and uh, some other tactical stuff so enjoy thank you guys appreciate it take care hanamari alright before we wrap it up we wanted to give a quick shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid you do so much to help support the show and as always if you pledge $10 or more you get a specific shout out on the podcast and in addition to that you also get guaranteed responses to your questions and in addition to that if you're a patron in general you get access to a ton of bonus content exclusively over on patreon.com slash managing so if you like these free shows you get a ton more bonus content inside patreon.com slash managing Madrid shout out to these $10 plus patrons who do so much to support the show Brandon Alvarez Willie Reed Way Perink Wameek Jamal Umar Mahadi Tyler Simon Tobias Arroyo Botcher Tariq Goktas, Talib Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujaiwani, Sumanchu Singh, Shivam Tiwari, Sherry Sorio, Sheikh Atiri, Shamil Shabazz Sharapov, <coughs> Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorsano, Samir Zee, Said Mahad, Sai Mohan Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Rafi Irfan Zaman, Phoenix Peter Powell, Paulo Fiero, Patrick Goddiafadi, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Zapatero, Zubiare, uh, Nicholas Moeller, <clears throat> Nick Ribeiro, Nelson Mazzariego, Muxi Tengal, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Maren Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Logan Stahl, Leon Savranakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Kohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Christian Toff, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brandon Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Armen Gashi, Armando L, Anton Brudenko Anirud Singh, Alexis Saniceros, Al, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovich, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun, Ramtin Magrur, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Thank you for the support, and thank you for being part of the family and Halamari.